Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, is a heavy load to carry. which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. Hello, my friend, and welcome or welcome back to the Live Label Free podcast. Now, again, I'm just going to like preface this by saying I know I said a few episodes ago that I wouldn't be doing like solo episodes anymore because I don't like scripting them and I'd be doing like my blog reading episodes kind of thing. But last night I was laying in bed and my head was just my thoughts were going like 100 million miles a minute with like everything that's happened to me since my last update episode, which was before I went to Bali, actually, which was in April. And everyone who listens to the podcast seems seems to always love my update episodes the most. Um, And yeah, especially after people have read Rainbow Girl and just like hearing my story. Yeah, it's it just very obvious and, and clear that people like to hear my story. Um, so I figured last night, um, I was like, hmm, I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna record an update episode tomorrow. Um, not script anything, not plan anything out. I'm just gonna, you know, turn the mic on and talk to the mic, um, and kind of share everything that's been going on with me, as well as what I've been working on for you, obviously. Um, because that's the whole reason I, I do live label free and I do my work is because I want to contribute to you. Um, so yeah, let where do we start? Well, first of all, when this episode comes out, I believe it's going to be Tuesday, October 17th, if I have my dates right. Um, but yeah, if when this episode does come out, if like I said, if I have my dates right, I will actually be in London with my mom and tomorrow. So yeah, by the time this episode comes out, tomorrow or the next day, I'm actually meeting up in real life with one of my past clients which which is actually Lex who was on the podcast um so I'm super super excited to meet them but yeah one of the reasons I'm going to London with my mom is just because I I just need to get out and I need to you know I need to spend some time with someone I love and just move away from work and just give myself to cut time to be um and just be in the moment and and not work um, because I've got to be honest that I've really been struggling with burnout and overwhelm lately. Um, yeah, lately. I feel like it's a, a constant, never-ending battle as an autistic person. Um, but, but I, I do have to say that there are definitely phases in which it gets better for me. Um, and actually recently I've been writing, I actually just last week finished writing my fourth book, which is actually about this very topic, about how to you know, overcome and deal with autistic burnout and actually how to live a simpler, more slower life, um, which is something that I have massively been working on because especially the, the last few years, I have been in such a chronic, chronic and constant state of fight or flight mode, just go, 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 always working um, and just realizing that it's not sustainable. Like I'm really realizing it's not sustainable. And it's funny because I have also been recording, finally, I started recording the audiobook for Rainbow Girl because I know that so many people have been asking about that and have been interested in that. Um, because even though I am a writer and I love writing, I do not really like reading. I, I like 99% of the books that I quote unquote read, I listen to them in, in audio format. And I think that's also the ADHD part of me that just can't sit still <laughs> and yeah that obviously also has to do with that chronic state of fight or flight mode like I'm constantly getting up constantly doing stuff like I just have a really hard time sitting and and just being but it's something that I do want 
to be able to do and want to get better at. Because like I said, it's not sustainable to constantly feel like you need to be producing, right? Because we are human beings, not human doings. Like we can only produce and give and contribute if we first contribute to ourselves. Um, And yeah, so the reason why I brought up the recording of Rainbow Girl just now is because it's it's just crazy, you know, because I wrote that book a year ago. Um, and now reading it out loud, it's like a totally different experience, obviously, but I came to the chapter where, you know, I decided I was going to recover from my eating disorder, um, and I end that chapter with the words, I can't do this anymore, and, and those words, I can't do this anymore, they, they keep actually coming up in my life now, and especially more recently, and they inspired me to write that fourth book that I just told you about, about slowing down as an autistic person and why that's so so necessary because it's true that I can't do this anymore in terms of always working you know always slaving away always being like how can I give more create more content write more books even though (laughs) I'm I mean I'm writing books but I think that's kind of what the book is about is eliminating the clutter and the excess from your life and eliminating the things that you know cause you to feel overwhelmed and really focus on what's important and what matters to you most. And for me, that has been writing. That has been my books. Because honestly, there's nothing I love more than writing, first of all, and then connecting with other people with similar experiences through my words. And I think that's really cool, you know, how most of my, almost all of my clients find me through my blogs or my podcasts or things I've written, right? Because words are, are just so powerful. And And as an autistic person, I don't really like speaking. I don't really like talking to people um, that I don't know yet, but I do feel comfortable writing to them um, because writing allows me to process my thoughts in a way that there's no pressure to immediately like say it the right way and immediately say the thing that was in your mind kind of thing. And on top of that, I'm I'm also very visual. So when I write, um, when I've written something, I can kind of look at what I've written so that when I lose my train of thought, I'm like, oh, I can go back and see what I've written and be like, okay, that's the direction I was going in. Um, and I've ex- I'm actually noticing right now that I'm talking a bit slower than I was a few minutes ago, which is another thing that is very common among autistic people um, is that we tend to talk very fast. Um, I mean, whenever I'm talking or having a conversation with my mom, she's always like, Olivia, Olivia, slow down. Like, I can barely keep up with you. And the reason why I talk so fast is because my thoughts go so fast. Um, So in an attempt to keep up with my thoughts, I talk really fast. And that fast talking has definitely been a challenge when it comes to the Rainbow Girl recording. <laughs> because, like, obviously when I'm reading the book, I can't, like, speed read it. Like, yeah, I mean, anyway, so that has been a challenge. I definitely admit that... I am probably reading it a lot faster than most audiobook narrators, but then I was like, it's my book, it's my story, it's like I'm telling my story, so I might as well tell it in my own speaking way, and I was like, yeah, and if it's like on Audible or like an audiobook listening app, you can always like slow it down or speed it up, (laughs) so I'm not even going to go into that right now, um, but yeah, so I'll be in London with my mom right now, um, I'm currently recording the Rainbow Girl audiobook. Today, I actually, I hit chapter 65 of Rainbow Girl. So that means that the book is officially two-thirds of the way recorded. So I have one-third of the way to go. I've, I've honestly got to say that it's, like, I get heart palpitations every single morning knowing that I have to, like, record it. I don't know why it makes me so freaking nervous. Um, Probably, like, some sort of deep internalized perfectionism. Even though I know I can, like, re-record things, I just, I don't want to have to, you know, I just want to get it over with. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's another thing I'm working on is, like, enjoying the journey and enjoying the process of everything, which is, of course, what my fourth book is about. Um, okay, and speaking of books, I just told you about Rainbow Girl, which is my second book, my memoir. My first book is, of course, my cookbook, Nourishing Neurodiversity, which I do have some very exciting updates about soon um i just i don't have like i just stopped like dot the i's and cross the t's or whatever because i updated the formatting and 
I created my own um, separate book selling website um, because I've been getting a lot of questions from people in country in, like in countries that doesn't necessarily have Amazon. So like a lot of people from Ireland have asked me like, I want to buy your books, like the physical copies, but we I can't get them here in Ireland. Um, so I've been working on a new website where you can actually order the physical copies of both my current books. So Nourishing No Diversity, my cookbook, um, and Rainbow Girl, my memoir. But I'm still like trying to set up all the shipping options options in Shopify, which is like an online e-commerce store. So hopefully I'll have an update about that soon. Um and yeah, speaking again of, of updates, I feel like what I might have to do is just like in future podcast episodes um that I do read my blogs or whatever because I really do enjoy doing that um I might have to like just have a piece at the beginning where I just like give an update um so that I don't have to have these huge chunky update episodes like every six months um but anyways you guys seem to like these so for now that's that um yeah so I mentioned about my first book Nourishing Your Diversity which if you are in a country that has Amazon you can just order the cookbook. I mean, it's going to be the same exact book. Um, and it has 50 plant-based recipes um, that are all, yeah, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, like, I wanted to make the book super allergen-friendly. There's tons of executive functioning tips in the book. I have t- tips on, like, how to meal prep, um, tips on how to improve digestion and gut health, tips on how to improve mental health. Like, honestly, this is the cookbook I would make a recipe from because I really don't like cookbooks because I don't like to be told what to do. But this cookbook, it's like really, it's like filled with like really simple, easy base recipes that you can just customize to your own preferences. Um, so yeah, I mean, I make the recipes from that book every single day because they're the recipes that I've been eating for like the past five years, ever since I started recovery from my eating disorder. Actually, so yeah, if you are interested in buying my cookbook you can order it on amazon um it's called nourishing neurodiversity um or if you want the ebook you can get that on amazon too or via my website just go to my website livelabelfree.com forward slash book and there you can buy rainbow girl and nourishing neurodiversity and i'm also yeah with my new website that i'm building right now so that people can order the hard copies of my books worldwide that there will also be like a bundle and save option which is going to be so fun too so anyways yeah that out of the way well not out of the way just yet because literally right after i recorded this episode i actually finished setting up the new website i was talking about and am therefore thrilled to announce that my brand new online bookstore livelabelfreebooks.com is live so i just wanted to share four reasons why i decided to set up my own online bookstore number one international shipping like i already said in the main episode i've been getting an increasing number of messages from readers in countries without amazon such as ireland who want to purchase the hard copies of my books and before launching my own bookstore so before livelabelfreebooks.com existed the only way for them to do that was to order from another country's amazon which just meant crazy insane shipping costs like someone in ireland would have to order from amazon you pay and the shipping was like 30 um us dollars so that's like 25 euros or like 20 um great british pounds which is obviously like more than the book itself which is obviously crazy um and yeah like i said i want everyone to be able to access my books in the format they prefer which is why my new um print on demand service so when you order the book in say you're in ireland Ireland and you order the book from livelabelfreebooks.com the reason why the shipping is affordable it's because it's um the book is actually printed on demand locally it doesn't have to be shipped from like halfway across the world um and that's what makes the price obviously more affordable um whereas so yeah if you ordered it in Ireland it would probably be printed in the UK whereas if you ordered it in the US it would be printed in the US um yeah you get the idea um and speaking of formats you prefer um I I know I touched on the audiobook in the main episode and I've been recording that um but if you are interested in knowing when the Rainbow Girl audiobook comes out I have a Rainbow Girl audiobook page 
set up on livelabelfreebooks.com. So if you go to my website and then click on that page, you can just leave your email and you'll be notified as soon as the Rainbow Girl audiobook comes out. Okay, number two reason I created livelabelfreebooks.com is because there's no middleman. Amazon is great, but let's face it, Amazon is not so great for small businesses. They take a huge cut of the creator's profits and their employees are paid awfully. Also that Jeff Bezos and the CEOs and other rich white guys can have more money in their pockets. So it's really not, not a fair kind of thing there. Um, however, when you order directly via my, my own website, so livelabelfreebooks.com, you surpass the middleman, which means you support the local print factories I mentioned because those are what allow the shipping to be affordable as well as me live label free and all the value I provide in the autism and eating disorder spaces. Um, okay, reason number three I launched my own bookstore is more formatting options. And this is something I'm especially excited about and actually already applies to my cookbook, Nourishing No Diversity. Um, because on Amazon and other book distribution channels, I'm very limited in the way I'm able to format my book. Like for the hard copies, I can choose between either a paperback or a hardcover, then like a thicker and thinner paper type, and that's like pretty much it. Um, but when you're using a cookbook, I mean, it can be really frustrating to, like, have either a paperback or a hardback because there's no way of, like, keeping the book open, if you know what I mean. Um, which is why on livelabelfreebooks.com, you can now order a spiral-bound paperback version of Nourishing Neurodiversity so that you can literally, like, fold open the pages and then lay it flat down so that it won't keep shutting on you, basically, if you're in the kitchen. Um, the paper is also coated, which means that if you were to spill something on one of the pages, it wouldn't, like, seep into the page and, like, create a permanent stain, um, which I have experienced myself, so this is something I'm really excited about. Um, and then the last main reason I created my own online bookstore, which I also touched on in the main episode, is bundle deals, which is, for you, perhaps the best part of all of this. So, just to elaborate, when you buy my Rainbow Cookbook Bundle, and can you guess what that includes? Rainbow Girl and my cookbook, Nourishing No Diversity, you can actually save 10% on your order. Um, and this goes for both the paperback version bundle as well as the ebook bundle. So, whichever um, format you prefer, you can save 10% if you order both books together or order them for a friend or whoever else um, you think would like them or benefit from them. Um, and with all the future books coming out, How to Beat Extreme Hunger, the audiobooks, um, you know, my book on autism and, and living a simpler, slower life, and all the future books that I have on my horizon, I'm super excited to create even more bundles and deals because, come on, who doesn't love a good discount. I know I do. So to grab your very own copies of either Rainbow Girl, Nourishing Neurodiversity, or obviously bundle them together, just visit livelabelfreebooks.com. And now with that all out of the way, let's get back to the main episode. My first book, Nourishing Neurodiversity, I told you about Rainbow Girl, my second book, how I'm recording the audiobook. And yeah, kind of side tangent, I just want to, you know, thank everyone so much for all your messages and your reviews and your feedback on Rainbow Girl, it just, it just warmed my heart, is warming my heart more than anything, um, to, you know, really see how being so freaking vulnerable and putting my story like that out into the world, how, how that's received, um, oh yeah, and also on another note, um, we, we, I'm saying me and my mom, we are currently translating Rainbow Girl to Dutch, because I know that a lot of my Dutchies have been asking, when is the Dutch version going to come out? So my mom, my wonderful mom, Louise Alexandra, who I'm in London with when this episode comes out, she is <laughs> translating Rainbow Girl to Dutch. Um, so yeah, the, the audiobook should be coming soon. The Dutch version should be coming soon. Very exciting things. Now, um, I told you about my fourth book, um, which I'm not going to give the name for yet because, you know, copyright and all that. But yeah, that book I, I recently finished um, and... I actually am also currently working on a workbook to go with that book because it's gonna, I really want like the readers to take action, right? Because slowing down and living a life that's aligned with your values and overcoming burnout, like you don't do any of these things, just like you don't recover from your eating disorder by reading a nice book about it, right? You actually have to take action and, and do things. 
Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be I'm creating a workbook for that, which also I have to admit has been a bit of a challenge just because I've never created a workbook before. Like I've created a course before, um, which is gonna go alongside my third book, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But I've never created like a physical workbook before. So that's gonna be kind of fun. Um, it's it's hard and I do notice resistance coming up, but it's just one of those things that like when resistance comes up, that means that life is challenging you um and for it to become any easier you just have to you know embrace the challenge and and instead of saying like oh i have to do this like i have to learn this it's like reframing it to wow how cool is it that i get to learn this um and have the privilege of of acquiring knowledge and putting in the work and doing new things right okay so yeah first second fourth book so my third book um which i actually finished writing in bali um is called How to Beat Extreme Hunger. Um, and it's a book that's going to go alongside my course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied. Um, I actually used my course as an outline to write that book, which is really special. Um, because like I mean, the course and the book will obviously be like standalone entities that can be consumed and read like in their own right. But when you put them together, it's just gonna be like the perfect recipe for overcoming extreme hunger kind of like with with the workbook and the slowing down overcoming autistic burnout book that i'm writing like i i want the workbook to be a standalone thing and the book to be a standalone thing like together they're just like the recipe for like maximal success kind of thing um yeah in bali i finished writing how to beat extreme hunger which is just honestly i think it I just know this book is going to revolutionize the eating disorder recovery space um, because there, there are no books on extreme hunger, let alone like even like resources. I just feel like are so limited. Um, so I just, oh my God, I'm just so excited for that book. But anyways, um, yeah, I finished writing that in Bali. So that was in June. So you're probably wondering like, where the heck is that book? Like, why is it not out yet? Why are you only talking about it now? And that's because my editor she the editor who edited rainbow girl she has like a really busy schedule and i really like she is amazing um and just super neurodivergent friendly um so i was like i just only want you to edit the book um and her first opening was in november so i was like you know that's fine i'll just wait i mean i have enough to to do in the meantime i mean i wrote a fourth book in the meantime so that's fine but yeah i i actually Today, next week, I'm sending my editor, Barbie, Barbie is her name, um, the manuscript for How to Beat Extreme Hunger. Um, the deadline for her returning it to me is going to be beginning of December. Um, so I'll be like recruiting proofreaders and stuff. Um, so yeah, if you'd be interested in being a proofreader for How to Beat Extreme Hunger, feel free to send me an email, livia at livelabelfree.com, or you can send me a DM on instagram at live label free um because yeah i will be needing proofreaders and like advanced reviews and stuff um because you know that's all part of the book launch strategy which is just really cool because i've i now know how to launch a book and like all the things that go into that because i've already published two books so yeah that that's super super exciting um and if you want to get on the waitlist for my Extreme Hunger book so you'll be the first one to know when it's out. You can do that at livelabelfree.com forward slash Extreme Hunger book. Okay, but enough about my books. Um, Let's kind of backtrack to Bali. And well, I, honestly, I, I really don't even necessarily want to get into Bali that much just because because I know that I've been promising that I'd share an update Bali episode for long time now but i honestly don't think i'm going to do that just because when i think back to bali i'm honestly quite traumatized um the first month was wonderful i mean i went to the beach and i you know i had some amazing smoothie bowls and the weather was nice and all that um but i got food poisoning in bali twice the first time was not that bad the second time i thought i was going to die like I literally I'm not someone who has a fear of death and again I don't want to make this really dark or deep or dark or whatever that is like I'm not someone who who fears death 
um like if i died <laughs> i mean this is gonna sound weird but like if i died like all, all that matters to me is that you know i spent my life doing things that were important to me um and, and that i contributed beyond myself and that i lived a life that was true to myself and that i lived a life in alignment with my values so i'm not necessarily afraid of death or that it's gonna hurt because i know that some people like have a legit fear of dying i don't necessarily have that but when i was in in bali and i had food poisoning i mean i i actually was really afraid i was going to die like i have never been in that much pain in my entire life like i'm not even exaggerating i was just throwing up like i felt like i was throwing up my organs like honestly obviously i wasn't because my organs are still inside of me but that's that's what it felt like and the most ironic thing in Bali is that i got food poisoning from eating tofu from the supermarket like that's literally where i got it from which the reason <laughs> it's so crazy because i did that because i wanted to avoid food poisoning like i i'm not vegan or vegetarian um because i'm label free right um and you can read about that in rainbow girl um but I went to Bali and I was like, I'm not going to eat any meat while I'm here. I'm going to be vegetarian while I'm here. Because so like, if I'm going to get food poisoning, it's probably going to be from like bad meat. Because I feel like that's where most people get food poisoning from in Bali or like the raw vegetables. <laughs> um, which was, oh my god, the lack of clean water is a whole nother story. But yeah, I, I was like, I am not going to eat meat. I'm just going to be vegetarian in Bali so I can avoid food poisoning or like at least maximize my chances of not getting it and yeah so i when i got the second food poisoning because the food first food poisoning like i said it wasn't even that bad i had like diarrhea for like a day and then it was like gone um and i'm pretty sure i just got that from by accidentally um like not like not um washing my vegetables correctly not washing my vegetables with um bottled water which when you come back to like when i came back to holland i was like it felt like water coming out of the sink out of the faucet was like gold <laughs> like i'm not even kidding um but yeah I, I keep going off on tangents but yeah the the second time that i got food poisoning i had bought tofu from the supermarket because i was just like gonna cook a meal because I, I had just arrived at my new airbnb i was so tired like i didn't feel like hunting for a restaurant that looked like safe <laughs> um so i just went to the supermarket bought some like vegetables that i now knew to boil very well to like kill all the possibility of bacteria um i got some sweet potatoes because like sweet potatoes in bali are so cheap um so i got sweet potatoes and i had like a jar of random peanut butter that i got at like an organic store there um and i was just gonna like make some tofu um and something that i always do when i make tofu i don't know if you're supposed to do this but i have never gotten sick from it before is that i like love raw tofu so i'll just like cut it into cubes and then um like when i'm making my meal i'll like saute it in oil or put it in the air fryer or something um i didn't have an air fryer in bali so i was just gonna like fry it in some sesame oil what i do when i make tofu here in the netherlands or in the u.s or wherever i'm living at the time i will like eat some of the raw tofu before um because i just like love it i don't know why it tastes like cheesy yogurt to me <laughs> that sounds so weird um but anyways that um but so I did that in Bali, but like when I took a bite, like I was like, oh no, like I know this tofu ain't no good, but I was so hungry and so tired that I was like, I'm willing to risk this. And now like, now listening to myself saying that I'm like, Livia, like, oh my God, like you knew you were going to get food poisoning from this. But anyways, I ate the raw tofu. I even ate the cooked tofu and I knew, like I knew this tofu isn't right like i knew there was something bad about it it just like tasted foul or sour sour whatever whatever people say um so yeah um i ate the tofu and i was like oh well maybe i'm fine but yep surely enough within one hour i was having diarrhea i was vomiting i felt so nauseous i had the worst headache um and for three days straight honestly like i said i I thought I was gonna die. I've never felt that horrible in my entire life. So yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna like shortcut this now because it's just giving me a stomachache just thinking about it. Um, but maybe in the future I'll write a memoir about what my adventures were like in Bali because there there was a lot that happened there. 
that just tra- traumatized me honestly um so yeah that's that's bali that's the kind of short story there um so kind of fast forwarding to when i came back from bali um when i came back to the netherlands that's kind of when hmm, apartments got annoying let's just put it that way is that i have been like moving in between different kinds of living situations and apartments and housing for basically the past two years um i was in san francisco for a while um then i moved to boston for a few months then i moved back to the netherlands um then i you know moved back home but then i was in an airbnb but then the person came back from their trip so i had to go to another airbnb and then i had to go back to my family's house um but living there is just not a great thing for me because that dynamic just is not great um and yeah i've just been bouncing between housing situations which obviously in and of itself is so incredibly stressful because shelter is like one of the basic human needs and if you don't know where you're going to live next i mean just so freaking stressful so right now i'm actually living in my mom's cottage in the hague which she usually rents out um as an airbnb but the, it, it came free and she was like livia you know why don't you just go stay there and you can pay me rent if we're like super cheap um so i'm super grateful for my mom that i'm able to live here right now because this is like the only reason why i feel the least bit sane right now you know why i've finally been able to start recording the rainbow girl audiobook because i wanted to record the audiobook in a space that was like consistent right like i i didn't want to like record 10 chapters in one place and then move and then have the echo be different and have like background noises that i couldn't control um so yeah i'm just super super grateful to be living in the hague right now in my mom's cottage um but honestly and i actually really want to move back to boston um boston has really been calling my name like it always does probably because i grew up there i mean i lived there for 15 years and, and then i was dropped in the netherlands and as i describe it in my book rainbow girl when i was dropped in into a new school here in the netherlands when i was almost 16 i felt like an alien like i just felt like i had been dropped into a video game to which i didn't belong and yet ever since i just i just really miss boston a lot um and i mean last year when i was in boston um kind of a different scenario because i had just come from san francisco i was super 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 underweight because i had lost so much weight due to the stress in san francisco and then thanks to extreme hunger um and that's also when i started writing my extreme hunger book um i mean i gained all the weight back and i actually had extreme hunger again after bali because obviously food poisoning is like really traumatic to the body and i lost a ton of weight there because I honestly was, like, just afraid of eating the second month, um, because I was just so traumatized by the food poisoning, but yeah, we're all good now, but yeah, I, I'm actually really hoping to, to move back to Boston next year, that's, again, a, a tangent, totally, totally going off topic here, even though there is no topic, like, this is an update episode, so, like I said, I'm just speaking my mind, I never promised that this was going to be coherent, basically, you listening to me right now, I mean, if you are still listening, you are amazing because you're just listening to random shit that goes on in my head. Like, <laughs> honestly, I, I usually describe my thoughts as being like a never-ending whirlwind or tornado of just thoughts. Okay, so yeah, I told you about my books. I told you about Bali. I told you about how I've been in in between apartments and how I'm living in The Hague now and how I want to move back to Boston. Um, But yeah, kind of all that being said, I feel like I've been in such a state of fight or flight mode lately um but i feel like i already said that earlier in this episode and that's kind of been leading to me being having to be really careful honestly with my energy so if you do follow me on instagram you may have noticed that i've been on instagram i've been on social media like way less than i used to be like even if you just compare how much i was on social media to last year i mean now i'm I'm practically like a ghost on there um because social media just it's just so energy consuming and it it doesn't for me it it doesn't contribute it doesn't allow me to maximally contribute in the way i want to contribute i feel like the way i maximally contribute is is by writing my books and is by like working with clients and giving them, them my full attention and my full energy 
um, because they're showing up, you know, they're committing to themselves and their health and, and working together and, and building a relationship and building that trust. Um, and I mean, a part of, part of my book that I was telling you about, um, my fourth book is about, you know, removing the clutter, letting go of the excess, you know, choosing what matters most to you and then going all in on that. Because the truth is like, if you try and do everything, if you make everything important, then you end up doing nothing because then nothing is really important, right? So, so yeah, I've, I've just been on social media way, way less. Um, and that actually brings me to another, another thing, which you're not going to believe you use when I tell you about this. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, you, and if you follow like other eating disorder recovery accounts on Instagram, you may be familiar with an eating disorder recovery coach named Deandra. Um, so her username is Flourish with Deandra. So that's Deandra, C-I-A-N-D-R-A. Well, okay, let, let's kind of go back to the beginning. Well, two years ago, I had posted a post um, on my blog titled How to Overcome You Foods. And um, she... She had post. She had basically posted a post on Instagram titled "How to Overcome Fear Food." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like, I recently did a blog post on that, um, and a podcast episode, in fact. Um, and I kind of swiped through the post, and then I quickly learned, like, what the actual fuck she she literally word for word copy pasted my blog post into that Instagram carousel. So I called her out on it. I sent her a mess. I sent her a message. I was like hey, these are my words, um, like, it's totally fine if you want to use my words, but, like, credit me, tag me, like, tell people, like, this is, like, where you got your sources from, (laughs) right, um, and then she was, like, and then she immediately deleted the post, sent me a DM back that was, like, oh, um, no, I didn't copy anything from you, I don't know what you're talking about, and I was, like, I was, like, okay, whatever, I just let it go, kind of thing, um, I hadn't seen any of her content come by for ever since, actually, and that turns out that she she blocked me. Um, but that's not even the point of the story. This is literally just like the lead up, because this is honestly like a minor thing when when I when you hear the rest of the story. So I hadn't like seen her content obviously for like two years because she blocked me. So obviously I couldn't see any of her stuff. Um, but then recently. She was on another podcast. Um, I know she has her own podcast, which I don't listen to. Um, but another eating disorder recovery podcast. Um, did like an Instagram reel snippet, you know, of the of the podcast conversation, and I saw her talking. Her her words were, were quite ironic, and I'll come back to that in a minute after I tell you the story. Um, but I I saw her speaking on the podcast, and I was like, hey, I haven't seen her stuff for a while, so. I clicked on her profile and obviously that's when I realized she had blocked me. I didn't even know she had blocked me before because I, I didn't pay attention to it or to her. Um, so I was like, oh, why'd she block me? That's kind of weird. Um, so then I went to her website to see like maybe she blocked me because she's been copying more content. Um, and I figured maybe I'd see it on her website or something. So I went to her website, um, kind of scrolling around, <clears throat> um, get to her blog, like, nothing's copied, so I'm like, okay, it's fine, then I go to her one-on-one coaching page, and I'm like, my jaw drops, I'm just like, holy fucking shit, like, excuse the swear words, this is exactly what came up in my mind, because what I discovered on Siandra's coaching page, um, and also her about page and other pages too, she had word for word copy-pasted my my coaching page from my from livelabelfree.com to her coaching page basically saying like this is what coaching is um like this is what you're gonna get um but then like obviously like changing a few of the words to make it like uk grammar and uk spelling instead of english spelling i mean i mean i have i took so many screenshots of this i'll have to actually i'm going to post the screenshots um in the like transcript transcript like blog version of this podcast episode so you can see that um so yeah when this episode comes out just go to my website go to like my my blog posts and the name of this podcast is like also going to be the associating blog post 
I'm going to put the screenshots in that blog post because you literally you're gonna like you're gonna be like oh my god like why how do you have the even nerve to do that um yeah it was like literally like I'm not even kidding she didn't even like change anything it was just like all copy pasted like do you feel this do you feel that I know how you feel I know where where you've been like I will guide you on the path to freedom like I'm not even like I'm not even kidding you my exact words she just copy pasted even like her bio like she even copied my like meet your coach bio but then filled in her own name like she couldn't even come up with her own bio I was just like it was crazy um so I showed my mom I was like mom look like this Siondra person like totally copied me and my mom was like oh my god Olivia like you have to take this to a lawyer because this is literally copyright infringement um I was like mom like stop exaggerating whatever like she's done this before my mom was like no but like seriously Olivia like if she's done this before that means she's just gonna keep doing it and it's just gonna keep getting worse um and like she is getting clients via your words like this is not fair um and then once you put it that way because everything in my head like has to be right and like justice I mean I have a chapter in Rainbow Girl like the title is justice because I have such a strong sense of righteousness I was like yeah mom you're totally right so I decided to hire a lawyer which was a really big step because lawyers are hella expensive but I just I knew I had to do this because I knew she was going to keep doing it so so we I hired a lawyer um and they were like yeah like they checked everything out and they were like this is totally copyright infringement had to and so then like for the lawyers to like start a case I had to like gather evidence you know that my words um my text was on my website first so I basically had to like learn html code which is basically like the back end all the code of a website um so I like scanned the back end of my website I scanned the back end of her website um and then like found the timestamps for when the words were published and everything um so I obviously like I had all the evidence I needed to prove that she copied me um and I was like I'm gonna do whatever it takes to find that evidence because I knew she had copied me especially <laughs> with the history right but, but yeah so basically I, I started a legal case against her yeah so the lawyer sent her an an email and they sent her a letter in the mail that she received and signed um because it was like one of those letters where you need a signature to accept it kind of thing um because they like found her address so yeah well she obviously got the letter and she realized she was wrong she took the webs she took the text off her website um because that's what it said in the letter like she had to do that and she had to sign um and even on her website right now it'll say yeah my lawyers had her put a rectification regarding live label freeze copyright on her website so on her website right now it says we have posted a number of texts on texts on our website which were found to originate from livelabelfree.com live label free has raised objections as they believe we infringed upon their copyright we have since removed these texts um so this so according to the letter she has to have this on her website for 30 days um so if you listen to this episode the day it comes out it'll still be on her website so if you go to flourishwithsiondra.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of her website because obviously she put it all the way at the bottom um you'll see that um but yeah i mean this okay whatever but like this is the kind of the craziest part of it all is that in her coaching page she had actually had a text that read something like i strive to you know live up to strong moral values and i have a professional attitude and i'm like are you fucking kidding me like moral values moral qualities you're copying someone else's work like what are your morals here like is your moral compass like pointing in like negative opposite direction like it's just such a paradox um and what is another paradox is that she actually did a TED talk and I'm I'm not even kidding you in the first the first minute of the TED talk she she says social media is often a lie and that's kind of what led me to talk about this after I just touched on me not being on social media much because I'm like social media is often a lie well not just social media like you're literally lying about who you are if you're using another coach's bio and literally inserting your name. I mean, just the whole situation 
as you can imagine, has has led just to so much stress. And, you know, speaking of that fight or flight mode, I, the past few weeks with this legal case been going on, actually, yesterday it was finally finished. Um, She took the text from her website. She put that rectification statement on her website. It's done and over with. But I think, honestly, the, the worst part of, of all of this is is that she, she didn't even apologize. She, you know, she, she listened to the lawyers because she was scared. <laughs> And she did not even have the courtesy, or in her words, the moral qualities to just send me an email and say, you know, Olivia, I'm really sorry. Um, Because going back to those timestamps that I was telling you about that I found in the HTML code, she had she had the texts from my website um, on her website for over 10 months. Can you believe that? Like over 10 months and not once did she even question like, maybe I should write my own texts. Yeah, and then and then after this whole dance with the lawyers, not even having the courtesy to say I'm sorry, it just it just flowergasts me that you know these kind of people exist. Um, and honestly, I re- I feel really bad for her clients. I feel really bad for the people that put their trust in someone who literally is a liar and cannot be trusted. I mean, I I don't believe that people are inherently bad. But I have just, I have no words to describe this situation. Yeah, I mean, if you follow her, flourish with Siandra or know of her work, um, just know that this is what she's been doing behind the scenes. I don't know if she's copied other coaches' words, um, what she's done otherwise, you know. But yeah, two years ago, she copied my post, pretended like it wasn't there, then she blocked me. Then she copies my entire coaching page deletes the text from her page only because a lawyer gets involved and then doesn't even have the courtesy to apologize. And then on top of that, she gives TED Talks in which she says, social media is a lie. And on the podcast that I discovered her on again, she she says, you have to choose your hard. She says, um, you can choose the eating disorder, which is hard, or you can choose recovery, which is hard. You have to choose your hard. And I'm like, this like, you are a living paradox, because, I mean, choose your heart, yeah, like, you can, you can choose the heart by copying someone else's texts, but basically that's the easy way, or you can choose to maybe write your own texts for your own business, like, choose your heart, I mean, again, I feel like I'm going in circles now, because I just can't, I can't fathom, I can't just fathom why, why, how someone gets it in their head to do something like this because it's so not who I am because like I said I have such a strong sense of righteousness and things need to make sense and just be there just needs to be justice in the world for me and then to have people in this field doing this I'm like we can't trust anyone anymore nowadays like it just it honestly just makes me so sad and like I said I feel bad for the people putting their trust in her um, because she's, she's lying. Um, so yeah, anyways, that, I, I do want to end this whole podcast episode on a positive note, um, that is, you know, that the case is done, it's over with, um, I'm focusing on what matters to me most, and, you know, that is contributing and making the world a better place, and I love to do that through, you know, my coaching and through my books, um, so yeah, if you have not yet, if you have not yet, um, read Rainbow Girl, um, you can read it, you can grab your copy at livelabelfree.com forward slash Rainbow Girl, um, and yeah, if you're interested in the audiobook, um, yeah, you now know that I'm working on that, if you're interested in the Dutch version, you know that I'm working on that as well, um, what else, yeah, if you're interested in my cookbook, um, yeah, you can find everything on my website, livelabelfree.com, and, if you want to get on the wait list for my Extreme Hunger book, um, you can go to livelamblefree.com forward slash Extreme Hunger book. Um, you'll hear updates on my fourth book when that kind of, um, when we get closer to that. I mean, one thing at a time, right? Oh yeah, and if you want to see the screenshots for the copied texts that Shiondra copied from my website, um, I will link, I will put them in, in the blog post version that comes with this episode when this episode comes out um do note that i as soon as i found out um i changed the text on my website because i didn't want other people to think that 
I had copied her, right? Um, so both of both of our websites have changed texts now. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in like the facts and you want to see the evidence of what she did, feel free to yeah head over to that blog post. Um, and yeah, if you have any ideas for how to find justice or you know how to tell other people like be careful with Chandra, um, because she can't be trusted. Like, honestly, feel free to send me a message on Instagram with any advice or feedback. Because I still think she just needs to learn. Like, this is not okay. And she kind of got away with it now behind the scenes because the lawyers got involved. Like, other than that, like, she still has, like, 40,000 followers on Instagram. Like, people obviously trust her, which I just think is is not right. Um, yeah, kind of coming back to that righteousness again. (laughs) Um, so yeah, anyways, all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I mean, I am honestly flabbergasted with myself that I have been able to talk for this long without a script. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Um, see, it's like when we, when we have something to say and when we have confidence in ourselves, which I've definitely built by writing so much recently, we can do anything. So yeah, thanks again so much for listening. I am having, I'm probably having the time of my life right now with my mom in London and eating lots of scones and clotted cream and English breakfast. Um, and I'm super excited to see Lex. Um, so Lex, if you're listening to this, I love you and I'm so excited to see you tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Um, and yeah, thanks everyone for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other. And you'll see around the corner soon. This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Live Label Free team. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you were now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.